Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. And this week, we're revisiting an old topic for all the way back. I want to say this is a 2012 topic. So there's been a few years, Rodrigo, uh, for yeah. us to maybe change some answers. And because we have one Ashley Victoria Robinson with us this Woo! week. Hello, Ashley. Hello. I am sure we're going to get a bunch of fine answers in the top five additional fictional characters we would have tea or coffee with. Top five additional fictional characters we would have tea or coffee with, or in the case of Ashley, uh, top five fictional characters you would have tea and coffee with. Yes. So uh, the last time we did this, again, 2012, my number one answer was Conan the Barbarian. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he would just totally lose his crap and, and destroy everything. But this time around, my number five, not Conan the Barbarian, but King Conan. <laughs> and I want to say King Conan because, you know, now he's got some years of experience. And so he would regale you with tales of how he conquers empires and he would let you know in a very wise faction, fashion the best way to deal with with your enemies besides crushing them and, and, and driving them before you and hearing the lamentations of the women. Uh, I'm sure he would be a little bit more refined in his approach. And he might actually be happy with drinking tea or coffee as opposed to some kind of mead or heavy alcoholic uh, content. So I think King Conan would be the, the more mature, relaxed version of the uh, the person I would want to have tea or coffee with compared to the last time we sat down. I think we sat down in the Panera Bread is where mm -hmm. we were sitting down uh, the last time. So that's my number five is King Conan. So, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number five? Uh, my number five is uh, the High Evolutionary. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the High Evolutionary. He's a Marvel Comics character. Uh, he is, I think, originally and uh, still under certain uh, universes, the guy that like kind of gave the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver their powers, or maybe he's just the guy that helped raise them or whatever, but uh, largely known for having kind of anthropomorphic animals as his... Um, servants mm. um and i just like uh i would want to sit down have a coffee or, or tea or whatever he's into with him um and just kind of pick his brain and be like so like uh, animal-headed dudes how does that how does that get you to like world domination or whatever you're going for um also, how do you feel about the fact that uh, they took your shtick away and gave it to Hydra in the movie? <laughs> I, I think it would just be interesting. <laughs> I think that would be a very interesting one to uh, to have a conversation with. Uh, Ashley, who would mm -hmm. you? Who would you? What fictional character would you love to have tea or coffee with? So my number five is a relatively new addition because I just watched all six episodes of his television show in two days. And I'm imagining that we're having like a cute little espresso uh, or perhaps cafe au lait somewhere in the Montmartre district of Paris because my number five is Hassan Diop, who is the lead character in the Netflix series. Uh, everyone calls it Lupin. Lupin. Not how you say it. Lupin. Lupin. Uh, Lupin dans l'ombre d'Arsène, uh, loosely based or inspired by the Arsène Lupin um, Sherlock Holmes analog character. He's so cool. He's yeah. played by Omar Sy. Sy? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, who also, fun fact, was Bishop in X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, I knew, I was wondering where I knew him from the entire time, but I was just like, oh, maybe he's just somebody new that I have not not encountered yet, so. Uh, He's super handsome, he's super smart, and he is super charismatic. I have seen on the show what a good coffee date he is, so I think that would be fun. I need to practice my French conversational skills anyway, because I live in America now and nobody speaks French. And all the people that I picked for my list are people that I think I would walk away being smarter for having spent the time with. Uh, and so because he is a recent crush, uh, a son, Diop, and also because I need to know how he's going to get out of this cliffhanger. Netflix, uh, come on. I was very disappointed that they just didn't say, OK, here you go. I don't know if that's well, they, if that's their plan or if this was seasonal. Up. Yeah, they shot all they shot 10 episodes all together. Oh, okay. So I think. Maybe if we're lucky fall, but probably winter, we'll get the next five dropped. Yeah, man. I fell in love with that the minute I saw it. Uh, the best thing oh, is, actually, so you could put him on all five places on your list and he could come in disguise each time as somebody different and you would never know that it was him. Honestly, if he can pull off my number four, um, I'll be very impressed. Okay. All right. We'll see what your number four is in just a moment. My number four mm-hmm. is also a recent, I wouldn't say crush, Uh, But I'm very taken with Peter Grant. Uh, Many of you who've been around for a long time reading books about the magic peoples uh, in in England probably know him best from the series Rivers of London. So Peter Grant works for the Metropolitan Police Force in London. Uh, He discovers that he can see ghosts and has a magical ability and he gets assigned to the magical unit of which he now uh, essentially doubles the size of the magic unit. And so these are his adventures of coming up and learning being an apprentice wizard in the Magic Metropolitan Police Force and the strange cases that he has to deal with. This isn't Harry Potter. It is very much um, uh, adult in nature in some cases, especially uh, one of the investigations that he does in the second book. Um, The nice thing about this and what I like about Peter Grant compared to maybe um, uh, Harry Dresden is... He is a policeman first, right? Yet he allows some kind of wicked humor to get through in his tellings of the story. But when it comes to the sexy, sexy stuff, it doesn't go into detail. It doesn't uh, suffer from the male gaze as much as the Harry Dresden books do. And so that's probably one of the reasons why I like uh, The Rivers of London. Granted, I've only just started book three uh, this week, but uh, I'm really enjoying it a lot. I think he would have a lot to say about police procedures, as well as what does it mean to be a magician in modern day and how that affects his relationships with people around him. So I I would love to pick his brain and especially find out if everyone has the ability to do magic or if you have to be a a, a special client kind of clever person to do magic. So my number four is Peter Grant from the Rivers of London book series. Have you read those, Ashley? Um, we, didn't we read a comic adaptation? Yeah, we read a comic adaptation of that. Yes, we did. Uh, that, that would be my only exposure to it. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I got into it was because I was like, well, we read these books, the comic books, and they're very popular over at Boom. Let me see the source material and let me see if I can figure out if there's some connection between going from book adaptation to comic book adaptation. We've seen this with Sherlock Holmes. We've seen this with, you know, the expanse. We've seen this with a bunch of other things. Dune uh, right now, House of Trades. And I wanted to see if there was, you know, something beyond what you got in the comic books. And right now I like the books a lot better than the comic book adaptation. So uh, highly recommended. 
Rodrigo, who do you have as your number four? Uh, my number four is someone that I, I'd be interested to have uh, a conversation with over coffee uh, because you never see this person um, sort of outside of their job. And I'd be interested to see uh, maybe besides working out, uh, you know, what they're into. And that's Mr. Clean. Because mm. you only ever see Mr. Clean cleaning, right? Basically magically cleaning stuff or being supportive of housewives who are cleaning stuff. So, you know, it's like, what's, what's Mr. Clean about? You know, it's like, again, he clearly works out because he's really buff. Um, you know, does he, is he, is he balding or is it a choice to, to <laughs> wear his hair like that? Yeah. Um, is he like, maybe old he was cool and that, yeah, uh, maybe is he, is he an actual genie or is he some sort of magician that, yeah. that, you know, does he have more powers? And he's like, well, this cleaning stuff is lucrative, so I'll just do that. But, you know, maybe he can bind the souls of demons into things. And he just doesn't because that doesn't make you as much money. It would be interesting to find out more about him. There you go. Ashley, who do you have for your number four? My number four has several many names. And I would like to say before I say her name. Which is why I would be surprised if Asan Diop could pull it off. But I'm not saying that he wouldn't be a great queen. Um, not the Marvel character. The legend character. The character from mythology. I don't like the Marvel version of this guy. I want to be very specific about that. Uh, and that is Morgan Le Fay. A.K.A. Morgana. A.K.A. whatever you want to call her. She's pretty much the coolest person that you get in terms of... Um, English Isles mythology, in my opinion, without picking out an actual god or a goddess, like someone like Seridwen, for example. And I think she's a very fascinating figure. I think we've seen a lot of really, really good and very, very bad takes on her through uh, art and popular culture. And I would like to see what she's really about and how powerful she is and uh, whether or not she was really in love with Arthur, what she thinks about Lancelot. Like, I have so many questions do you think she would be do you think morgan lefay would be someone who would be really open to having uh tea and coffee with you or do you think she would be somebody that would be like why am i wasting my time with someone who is well, not so as my, powerful as me my strategy yeah is very similar to my strategy for how i would live in queen elizabeth's court and not get murdered for being a witch <laughs> is first i have to put aside the hope that they find my accent and manner of speaking delightful instead of frightening so that's like a 50 50 bid right but morgan lefay across all interpretations is a uh, a queen or a person of high status very powerful and to uh, a witch mm -hmm. and I am interested in both of those things. Um, I know a lot about English tradition and folk tradition. So I'm hoping that if I showed up and either demonstrated some level of like maybe skill, like maybe if I humbled myself and brought her a cool tea blend with some <laughs> coniferous offerings, like I, I'm hoping that if I can intrigue her, she might take pity on me or might welcome me into her group of servants and then allow me to uh, sit in her presence while she drinks tea. It's not a back and forth. It's much more of like me sitting at her feet kind of ah, scenario. You you seduce her with a pumpkin spice latte. I mean, I'll straight up seduce her. I'm not above that either. <laughs> She's amazing. I, I would be, some of these, you know, you look <laughs> at someone like King Conan that I mentioned, 
and you would just wonder if he would just tire of you so quickly that just he would uh, come out of king uh, king status and go back to barbarian status and just right. lop your head off because you're just annoying him so much or not. So you kind of have to take the court gesture approach, I think, with with characters of this archetype, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. hopefully, you find me funny and charming. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would probably be kind of that way with my number three, uh, one mm-hmm. Clark Savage Jr. Most people would know him as Doc Savage, <laughs> the man of bronze. Uh, this guy is, you know, in the books, uh, he is, you know, super strong, super handsome, super rich, super, I don't want to say powerful, but he has great influence. And he and his and his team of uh, action scientists are always traveling the world, uh, you know, looking for adventure and solving mysteries and doing all of these things. I think I would like to have Clark Savage Jr., uh, to tea or coffee and, and just kind of pick his mind on what he thinks of uh, today's modern world. And if it is totally insane to him, because, uh, you know, the, the way he was written, there are times where he may not be the most uh, the most woke person that you've ever met in your life. Uh, but at the same time, I think it would be fascinating to see if he is is an Elon Musk just waiting to see how modern society and technology works so he can use it to his advantage and launch a rocket ship to to Jupiter or something. Uh, I just think this guy would be very interesting to have conversations with, both having ethical uh, conversations with, like how do you deal with people who are criminally insane, and uh, maybe some uh, some uh, social uh, questions like why aren't you inventing something to to stop world hunger and so on. So I think Clark Savage Jr., aka Doc Savage, would be a fascinating person to have uh, tea or coffee with. Rodrigo, who do you have for your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, someone that is on my list because I I feel that uh, we all need some positivity in our lives. And this would be a sort of uh, situation where I know that this is a very positive individual and I wouldn't have to try very hard to... Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have to be on. I feel like this person would as- accept me the way that I am. And that's, of course, Falcor the Luck Dragon. I don't think uh, <laughs> he would, I don't think he would fit in a Panera. Yeah. So I would probably have to, like, take him, um, like, a thermos or something. Um, But, you know, again, you know, you don't expect, you don't expect Falcor to be uh, a big downer. Um, and he's a good listener. Yeah. He's got huge ears. Yeah. He'd probably let um, you uh, climb on board and you could fly yeah. off to some fancy tea or coffee I, establishment. I, yeah. I mean, if he was, if he was cool with it, I definitely, definitely liked a, what's the kid's name? Like Bastion. Yeah. Bastion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely Bastion it up and like chase some bullies. <laughs> or ah, take that guys from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Falcor, good one. Um, for a minute, I thought you were going to say Falco, the uh, the '80s uh, pop musician, pop singer. But uh, oh, he's a real person. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I don't know if the Falco persona is a, is real, but oh man, some of the stories I've heard, you may not believe that he's real, just in some of the stuff. Oh. But uh, there, there you go. go. Uh, Ashley, what do you have, or who do you have for your number three? Is it also uh, a dragon? So- it's not. Oh, it's okay. a human man. Okay. Uh, debatable about the time period he lives on based on your adaptation of choice. It is so funny that you uh, bring up, oh, this person is a real person. Because I almost put Queen Elizabeth the first on here because I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> um, and the only version that I know of her through the sands of time c- can reasonably be nothing but fictionalized. But I thought that that might be a stretch. 
Uh, so the person that I picked for my number three, I reference in my number five. Uh, this is definitely tea in his home, served by his housekeeper. Uh, probably Earl Grey, which I'm not into. His probably has cocaine in it. Hopefully mine doesn't. And that is uh, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. He would not like it. He would not be happy to see me. But if I'm going, I'm getting uh, all my questions in. I'm going to be as irritating as possible. Uh, plus, I want him to read me for filth. So particularly if we're going for like the Jeremy Brett or the Benedict Cumberbatch versions, I'm emotionally prepared knowing that I'm going to be destroyed by the end of it. But I think it would be worth it. Plus, there's a good chance that uh, John Watson is lurking around somewhere. And Mrs. Hudson's tea and cakes across the Arthur Conan Doyle books are lauded as being very tasty. So that would be an extra treat for me. There you go. Uh, Sherlock Holmes was my number two the last time we did this show, Ashley. Mm -hmm. So very, very good. My number two, though, is also a detective. Hey! But instead of uh, playing the violin, I don't know if he plays it well or if it's just uh, something he does to, to screech through his time uh, and the fact that he's always solving the case ahead of time. Mine is not. Mine is Philip Marlowe. Uh, many people may remember nice. him from uh, Raymond Chandler's uh, The Big Sleep and, and many other uh, stories that, that he appeared in. The interesting thing about Philip Marlowe, and I think we, I take this from, and I don't know where this first appeared, uh, what is it, Down These Darkest Streets, um, you know, he has seen the worst of humanity and I'm sure he has tales beyond what we've read in his books of times and people that he have had to deal with that they are showing their worst. Um, you know, you think that your boss is terrible, but until he tells you about, you know, some case he was an on involving embezzlement or child endangerment or, you know, luxurious, uh, um, statues encrusted in jewels that has been stolen. I don't think you really get a perspective of how bad the normal people around you might be. And I think to put things into perspective, I would be very fascinated to find out from him the worst in people, uh, just so that it maybe makes me, I don't want to say makes me feel a little bit better, but also to get some perspective on maybe how people think and why people think. Cause Marlowe and other detectives of his ilk, uh, usually, ponder what makes these people tick and why do these people do the things that they do. But the, the criminal element, the worst part of humanity, I think would be the, the thing that I would want to find out from one Philip Marlowe. Rodrigo, who do you have for your number two? I really thought when you said that you, that it was a detective, you were going to say Dirk Gently. Oh, he was on my last list last time in my number three position. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know that you want to have coffee with Dirk Gently or tea. That means yeah, I'm probably sure of your but, tea. Uh, um, because that almost certainly means that you're involved with the crime in some way, right? Isn't that yeah. how it works? Uh, to an extent, yes. Or you may find yourself in some uh, uh, TARDIS, not a TARDIS, and find yourself back in, in ancient uh, times. Yeah. Or find your, your couch uh, stuck halfway up the uh, stairwell. Right. Um, all right. So my number two is uh, a very... Is, is, is someone whose music I love, is a musician that I look up to. Um, but I'm concerned about him. Uh -oh. That's 2D from Gorillaz. Oh, yeah. Right? So 2D is, it's pretty clear that Murdoch, uh, their bassist, uh, so 2D is a lead singer of Gorillaz. Murdoch mm -hmm. uh, sounds just like the guy from Blur. Uh, Murdoch <laughs> Uh, their bassist, also the leader of the band, is clearly abusive to him. Mm -hmm. And Murdoch was went to jail for a while, 
And during that time, they had a different bassist. And it really seemed that 2D was a lot happier uh, if you look at their videos or you look at any of the interviews uh, at the time. So I would, I would definitely have 2D over for coffee and then slip them a note that was like, do you need me to call someone? <laughs> and then uh, if everything was cool, maybe you guys could uh, sit down and do a, a little uh, impromptu session. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you know, if if Gorilla albums are, are any indication, it would be like me on a djembe and then like some Himalayan throat singer and then like the newest, hottest rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've followed any of their stuff. Um, maybe three or four Still years going. ago. Yeah, it's really great. I, I really like them and the music that they do. And the videos are just... So the, yeah, interesting. Yeah, their latest thing, their their latest uh, album has a collaboration with Elton John. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I'm yep. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go check that one out. So, very cool. Ashley, you have a number two, I'm sure. I do. Uh, this one's not a human. Although, oh, okay. Uh, she's puppeted by a human. Uh, my personal favorite. The icon on my phone case, my number three is Kermit the Frog. Um, maybe reasonably the only person I could expect to have coffee with on my list because he's the only American that I have. Mm. But I don't know if he's much of a coffee guy. Although, uh, like I mentioned, I think a son would be down for like a cute little French coffee. I think, isn't he? Uh, uh, don't they have a commercial or something where he's drinking tea in the window and looking out onto the world? Yes. So yeah. he's a Lipton gal. Ah, okay. And we do, but we also know that the Muppets got their first commercial success as the Wilkins Coffee Monsters. Mm, there you go. Um, so maybe if it was a Wilkins brand coffee. Um, but Kermit the Frog for me is just such like a pure embodiment of happiness and joy and goodness. Um, Plus, I've seen an actual Kermit puppet, and he's very small, so he's one of mm -hmm. my only guests that would make me look taller by him by comparison, <laughs> which is a big plus for me. And I'm really hoping that he would host me in his home or in his home swamp, perhaps, so that I could get a banjo song out of it. There um, you go. Because I don't know if Kermit, you know, like sometimes you get emotional around celebrities and like Kermit the Frog is like the only, like if I saw a real Kermit walk down the street, I might burst into tears. <laughs> there is, you know, I don't know if you go back and watch the old Sesame Street bits uh, where he's interacting oh, yes. with kids. And the um, coolest thing is when those kids go off script and Jim Henson is just like, doesn't matter. I'm just going to roll with this and go with it. And my favorite one is when that one little girl is just like, Cookie huh. monster. Yeah, she basically yeah. like, yeah, can I give you a hug? And he's like, yeah, sure. She gives him a hug and they're just hugging each other as the as the scene ends. It's like a perfect moment. And I'm sure Ashley would love a Kermit the Frog hug. That's I would I would I would step on small children for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually when I was much younger, I don't know what the status is of the the Muppet, you know, repository of history. Uh, but at one point up in Kansas City, they had a traveling exhibit of everything oh, Muppets related. It has been in L.A. and oh, okay. I have seen it. So we probably <laughs> saw the I same thing because that's where it was like, oh, here's the, you know, here's the real Kermit the Frog encased in glass. And you can see, you know, how, you know, you could they actually had I think it was one of the Rolfs on display. And you could see that over time, these puppets do decay from use mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was super, mm -hmm. super fascinating. So um, if you do get a chance to see this, uh, definitely go see the Muppets traveling show. So there you go. All right. We have reached our number one spots. Um, and these are the people that we would most want to have tea or coffee with. And unlike Philip Marlowe, who I want to talk to him about the worst in people, I want to have tea or coffee 
with Clark Kent to talk about how wonderful people can be. And I think he would have a very unique perspective on this because, you know, he's a journalist and he's always out there covering stories of, you know, what's really going on in the streets. And he's looking for the, you know, the happy puppy stories that you see at the end of newscasts if he's over at WGBS or he's writing that that happy moment story. Plus, he also knows Superman. So maybe I could get Clark Kent to like put in a good word mm-hmm. uh, so that maybe I could get a visit from Superman at some point in the future. Uh, but I think Clark Kent would just be an interesting person because we know through all of his reporting that he's been around the world. He's met Superman. He's, you know, he's uh, dating slash married uh, to Lois Lane, if that's what you're, uh, you know, whatever continuity you're currently in. But I think Clark Kent would give a very uh, interesting perspective on the human experience and what does it mean to be human and to see all the goodness in humanity, even though he reports on some of the worst stuff in the world. But yes, Clark Kent, plus he knows Superman. Um, I think would be one of the best people to have tea or coffee with. I think you would walk away from this with this sense of, of happiness and, and gratitude and just this feeling of hope. I think he would probably use the word hope a lot, uh, when, when you're having a conversation with him, I think that would be the most interesting, uh, conversation you would have out of all of these. Yes. Even with Conan, I think Clark Kent would be able to have a reasoned, keep everybody calm. Let's just have a good time conversation with so he's my i mean as, assuming that you got a chance to have a full conversation with him this guy's kind of famous for cutting out in the middle i know that's things. the only thing so it'd have to be probably a walking tea and coffee you know so we're walking from one story that he's reporting on to another one or maybe we're walking back to the daily planet uh so that we can you know have that conversation in case he has to dash off to a payphone and and phone in one of his stories um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the weirdest part would be if he's like, yes, let me put you in touch with Superman. And then he runs off to go cover a story and then Superman shows up and I'm like, well, this is awkward because we haven't been properly introduced Superman and your friend Clark Kent isn't even here right now. So I feel like something, this is very awkward if you, if you excuse weird, me for that. Weird, yeah, 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 yeah. And then of course Superman would probably be very nice and say, well, I understand uh, maybe we can meet again and then sure enough, he'll fly away. And then Clark comes back and is like, Oh, I just got my phone report in. I'm like, Oh man, Clark, can't you just miss Superman? I'm sure that's that how that guy. conversation would go. Yeah. Poor Clark never around when, uh, when you really want to meet Clark and Superman. But anyway, Rodrigo, who do you have for your number one? Uh, my number one, I, I have trouble remembering when I first encountered my number one, but, uh, for some reason, I feel really strongly that they would be the best one to do anything with. And that is, of course, the Hypnotoad. <laughs> All power to the Hypnotoad. <laughs> um, do you remember your, your tea with the Hypnotoad? Would you remember the, the, the conversations that you would have? Or would you just uh, bask in the light that is the Hypnotoad? Yeah, I, I probably... Uh, would just uh, try to remember what wisdom was imparted upon me. Um, although anytime I try to remember any interactions with the Hypnotoad, it, I, all I remember is... <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part is every Thursday night you get to tune in for that half-hour show with the yeah. Hypnotoad. So there you go. Great one for your number one. Ashley, you get to round out, the, close out the show, top us off uh, with your number one. My number one was super easy. Uh, this is another tea date. Uh, he is my favorite fictional character of all time. 
He also would make me look tall by comparison. Uh, and that is Frodo Baggins from The Lord of the Rings, who is a character that I think is unfairly maligned in a post-movie uh, era of the Lord of the Rings fandom. But he's a sweet boy. He's a hobbit, so you know he's a good host. He has good food. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Lord of the Rings in Middle-earth is the fictional thing that I am most interested in. And who better to plumb the brains of and have a discussion with than the person who literally saved it. Yeah. Now, would you want to have it with him in his hobbit hole in the Shire or would you want to have it somewhere else in the Middle Earth? Ideally, I would go I would like to go to Bag End because it is supposed to be one of the more legendary and iconic hobbit holes Mm -hmm. uh, under the hill. In the Shire and Hobbiton, of course. Uh, but I would settle for like a green dragon or I'd settle happily for a Rivendell. But if you're going to go hang out with Frodo Baggins, you kind of want the full hobbity experience. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for that, uh, Ashley and Rodrigo. And dear listener, we've come to the end of our list. Hopefully in the last half hour or so, you've had a had a chance to drink your cup of tea and uh, or down your coffee and get on with your day. But uh, here's where we need your help. We need you to head over to the Major Spoilers Discord Top 5 channel, and we need you to let us know who your five fictional characters that you would want to have tea or coffee with and why, because uh, maybe you'll find some like-minded folk. Maybe you will find some uh, new inspirations. Maybe you will find your next Algonquin, uh, 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 what is it, lunch table? Your Algonquin round table and, uh, and have a merry old time drinking tea and coffee with fictional people. Uh, throughout all time in books and literature and other places. And I think, probably most important, you want to go and do all that stuff, because everybody loves a list. And we will see you next time. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. 